Hello, and welcome to the Conscious Hoofbeat Podcast. This is a podcast that explores the interconnectedness of our health and the health of our horses through self-care, mindfulness, and personal development, along with a little equine wisdom and wellness. I am your host, Dr. Pamela Maynard, the passion-driven equinologist. I have dedicated my life to the horse. Some call me a fanatic, and I claim it because I'd rather be dead than horseless. I'm a published author and researcher, equine body worker, energy facilitator, and I am passionate about deepening the human horse experience. Join me here every Monday where I share my spiritual journey with horses, woo-woo horse care practices, and shared lived experiences from horsewomen around the world. Today, I've invited a very good friend of mine. Her name is Erin Schroeder, and Erin and I have known each other since the early 90s, which I'm embarrassed to say because then that gives away our age. Um, but we are both lifelong lifestyle horsewomen, and she is going to join us today. So let's welcome Erin Schroeder of Schroeder Stables in Casper, Wyoming. Thanks for coming today, Erin. Thank you for having me. Um, do you want me to tell um, everybody a little bit about you or do you want to do it for us? You can do it because I'm not really good at, I don't want to talk about myself. You don't want to talk about yourself? Yeah, no. I will talk about you. Um, Erin and I were apprentices together at Almar Arabian's apprentice program, like like I mentioned in the early 90s, and she has um, gone on to train professionally at several different um, facilities and has now, now that she's been at her own place, which how long have you been at your own place now? 12 years. Okay. And you, you've evolved from the Arabian horse world, gotten more into quarter horses and we're got away from, you know, the pleasure horses to some performance horses. And now she is doing a buttload of Liberty lessons at her place. And because I think you've, you've just, now that we're over 40, right, things are different with our relationship with horses, and Liberty brings on a whole new level to that relationship, doesn't it? Yes. So, yes, um, does. let's just jump right in here. I'm curious, how would you define your relationship with your horses? Like, when you, when you think of it, what comes to your mind or stands out to you? I right now would define it as evolving like I uh, coming from the show horse background um things used to be more geared towards being competitive the horse was a little bit more um of a tool things were a little bit more ego-based and now where the direction i wanted to head with my personal horses and also the direction that i've been going and teaching my students is more towards the relationship evolving with your horse um 
making sure that they're happy with the work that we're doing, um, trying to listen to them a little bit more. And not to say that I still don't want to have a high level of performance with them. It's just in a different way. And um, then, you know, in teaching, rather than just teaching people how to sit up there and use this rein and that leg and so on and so forth, more about teaching people how to really build that connection with their horse. So at this point in time, I feel like that relationship is just constantly evolving. That's awesome. It's awesome that you get to share that with other people also. Um, do you remember when you first fell in love with horses? I just was obsessed with them from the time I was a little girl. So I don't really remember, oh, the first time I fell in love with them. I've always been obsessed with horses. I always um, tell people that it's just something that's innately in us. Like we're born with it. Like you don't just wake up one day and be like, oh, I like horses. I mean, some people do, but those are usually like what I consider the weekend riders and the people that don't always really stick with it long term. But for, <clears throat> for lifestyle horse people, I feel like it, we're just born with it. Cause like I have people say, oh, you, you choose these horses or you choose to have this many or, and I'm like, no, I think the horses chose me. Don't, would you agree? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, what do horses mean to you in your life? Um, honestly, sometimes they're like my reason to even get up. Um, they're, I don't know. They're, they're my pets, really. I mean, I, um, feel like they're as much a part of my life as my dogs. Um, so they, I mean, they're a part of my family. And even though, you know, over the years I do, you know, I will sell one here and there. I'm not a horse trader. I don't sell a lot. Um, it just, yeah, I, if I do sell them, it's something that I end up crying about. Um, their family, I guess to, yeah, that's a long winded answer to a short question, but I, they are like family to me. That's what they mean to me. I say that they're just like, they're the one constant in my life. Like I know when I go out and show up every morning for those horses, it's that constant. They're always there for me. They're always, it's always the same. It, it brings, you know, that, that peace and tranquility and that grounding into my life that I don't always get from, from people necessarily. Um, was there ever a time in your life when you didn't ride or have horses? And what was that like for you if you didn't? Um, no, <laughs> like I started riding at 
about at 10 years old and no, there has really not been a time in my life since that, that I haven't ridden or had horses or been involved. So I can't remember. Did you ride through your whole pregnancy? I rode up till about six months and then about six months I was just too big. So, but I was still giving lessons and doing groundwork and working until like the day that I went into labor. I mean, so, and then as we all know, I was at a horse show the day I got released from the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole nother probably podcast about <laughs> how Aaron raised her kid in the barn and wonders why he doesn't ride now, <laughs> right? Maybe so. <laughs> um, so your husband, he's pretty supportive for your passion for horses, right? Like you and I, when we talk, we're like, Cy likes the horses, right? And he rides and everything, but it's not his passion. But right. like, what, so what would that relationship be like, do you think, if he didn't like horses or support your passion? Well, I mean, if he didn't you know, if it's that matter of, oh, he doesn't support it, so he doesn't want you to do it, or, you know, you see, like, you hear about some gals that their significant other feels that they spend too much time, and they don't want them to go to the barn or whatever. I mean, I guess <laughs> I probably wouldn't be with him. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, it just, it probably would have caused too much of a rift that, you know, yeah. So it's not like he is out there cheerleading me on every step of the way or he wants to do the same things that I want to do, but he lets me do whatever I want to do or encourages me to do it, so... Yeah. And I always had people trying to like hook me up with like horse trainers and stuff. And I never got along with horse trainers because they'd be like, you need to get yourself a real horse or tell me what to do with my horses. I'm like, don't tell me what to do. I'm perfectly capable of making decisions for myself. But I, but it's like, you know, I feel like we can be in these relationships, romantic relationships or partnerships or whatever that is even if it's not with a horse person, as long as they support our passion and our lifestyle. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you don't have to do everything with your spouse. In fact, Ty and I rarely actually ride together. We do a lot of other things on our property as far as maintaining our horse property together, but we don't actually ride together that much because I do it all day. He gets home from work and um, he goes and rides while I come in the house and make everybody supper. So yeah, you would think that we rode together a, a lot, but we don't. And if we do, then we used to argue about it. We don't really anymore, but yeah. So... <laughs> Um, I think we've already addressed this a little bit. We've talked about how your 
your practice with horses is evolving, but like, can you get into more detail on how you've adapted your riding now that you've gotten older, you know, how it's changed and evolved over the years and like, what do you want in a horse now compared to, you know, say 20 years ago? So 20 years ago, I wanted that pleasure horse, you know, the Western pleasure was where I kind of excelled a little bit more when I was showing. And so, yeah, I was, had them all sucked back and bridled up and drawings and this and that. And it was, you know, I never let them out of that frame and, and that was really all I did with them. And now I really want a horse that is emotionally balanced. So, um, which a lot of show horses are not very emotionally balanced. Um, you know, I want one that's happy. I want one that is uh, relaxed and moves in a nice relaxed manner. Then, you know, then you're going to um, work on progressing to some higher level things once they're moving relaxed. Um, and one that you could go try several different things rather than having a horse that you're just cramming into this one discipline, you know, one that you can go trail ride, you could try the Western dressage, you could do a little bit of the raining or the ranch pleasure or just anything. I just like a pleasant riding horse that's soft and relaxed yet responds to light cues. Just a horse that's fun to ride, I guess. So you're saying your pleasure horses weren't fun to ride 20 years ago? Not always, because um, they didn't necessarily like what we were doing. Like, you, they would get to a point where they were really burnt out. And I mean, you kind of had to make them do it because they didn't really enjoy they're sour they were sour show horses burnt out mm -hmm. yeah i have a friend that had kind of rescued one and he just he wouldn't even go around the ring anymore he was just kind of like forget you not happening and i i mean we've seen it a lot i don't i don't understand why other people don't always see it but again that would be another podcast. Today we're talking about riding after 40. Uh, not sour, burnt out show horses. But so you I think it would be fair to say that your your goals have changed now that you're older, right? With horses. Oh, yes. My goals have changed a lot now that I'm older. And then my opinions on just the whole horse world have changed a lot now that I'm older. So do you want to elaborate on that? Well, it just, that whole thing of, I used to think, you know, if people didn't show or people didn't ride very much, that it was just, well, what's the point? Like, I have boarders that come out here that don't really ride that much, but they're, and a lot of those people are over 60. And I kind of realized, though, that, like, 
more and more, the enjoyment doesn't just necessarily come from riding. Like as I've gotten into the Liberty work or maybe some days I just like brush them and <laughs> be with them and put them away. Like I get just as much enjoyment from doing other things with them as I do from riding. So, um, whereas, yeah, that did not used to be my opinion at all. So I think we had a conversation one time how we, we determined if our day was productive or not by what we got accomplished with our horses. <laughs> do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or like, how many I got ridden mm -hmm. because it used to just be, especially like when I worked for other barns, you had to get like X amount of horses worked. So, I mean, I wanted to see that I had put an X beside eight or nine of them in a day. So. <laughs> right. I still, I still don't feel complete if I don't get my horses worked on a regular basis, but I never like, I'm not like, oh, I had a great day. I got, you know, like the house cleaned or laundry done. It's always, oh, I had a great day. I got both my guys ridden and, you know, something else done in the barn. And this happened. Yeah. We had like <laughs> this, they did so good on this, you right, know? Right. I made, pro made progress on that, that one maneuver or whatever. Yeah. And I'm much happier with smaller amounts of progress I, at, at this age. I think that I lacked the maturity before to, to know that the progress really needs to come in very small increments. So um, as I've gotten older, I think I have the maturity to really let that progress come in smaller increments so I agree and I, I feel like that's one of the the big awarenesses that you've shared with me that I've been able to apply with my horses is that like you know I, I come from the days of when we used to have to teach you know horsemanship horses or I mean showmanship for for these kids, right? And you'd smack them around and get them really reactive so that they would move for these kids and go in and show and stand and move away and, and everything. And, and I'll never forget. You're like, um, no, 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 that's too much too, right? Like, and now that I've backed off, right. And I've, I've just asked for smaller things. It's like you get bigger rewards from it. I think it was Mustang Maddie that said it's, fast is slow and slow is fast, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, that's a hu huge shift for me too. And still a work in, in progress because I have all this like, you know, old muscle memory from what I was taught 20 years ago. And now it's more important than ever to just be really like, you know, in your body and aware of how you're feeling and where you're at that day and how your horse is reacting and um, yeah, huge shift. I agree. Um, do you believe that your experience, like with your life with horses, um, differs, you know, like there, is our life like that much different from people who don't have horses? 
Yes. <laughs> Do you think that's a bad thing? No, I don't. I don't think it's a bad thing. It's just, you know, people that have a passion for hunting or people that, you know, like they spend a lot of time doing those things and they, you know, are people that are big quilters or, you know, whatever, like they spend a lot of time doing those things. I spend a lot of time doing the horses and then it just so happens that the horses are my job as well. So, I mean, I spend like, yeah, more time than the average person that the horses may be a passion for them too, because it's my job and my passion. So, um, yeah, but like people that live in town and don't have horses, they're, or they just like to come ride on the weekend or here. I mean, they sleep till 10 in the morning on the weekends or they're, you know, like, yeah, they, I don't know. I don't know how to well, really. I, think, I think like horse people, like us lifestyle horse women are not there. Of course, it's not a bad thing to us, but I don't know about you, but I've been criticized for my life with horses because I don't do a lot of other things. Um, and then there's that old, that old saying, you know, as long as you have horses, you'll be horse poor. And it's like, but I don't spend my money on other stuff. You know, like you were, you're saying people do other things. You know, I think skiing is not a cheap hobby. I think, I think there's a lot of other, other hobbies and thing that, things that people do that they re revolve their life around. But there is some, I feel there's just something different about horses. Like I feel like my experience with a life with horses is so much more enriching and fulfilling and relational compared to if I was just skiing on a mountain on the weekends or driving my, you know, ATVs across the desert or, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, yeah. And I think people's different hobbies though, they always, they build relationships within those hobbies and stuff like, cause my son likes to ski. And I think that's one of the things with him, you know, the relationships that he's built within that hobby. But like, for me, like, like I have other friends that are horsey, but it's the relationship that I build with my horses as the most important part. So yeah, a lot of people don't really understand because I'm not always super social. Like I don't really go out a lot and I don't, so yeah, they think that I'm, I guess a hermit or whatever, but I mean, maybe I am, but, <laughs> but, and that's okay. Right. Like, but if I get with another horse person, I have no problem like talking and visiting and yeah, just, yeah. Do you have any regrets about how, you know, your life with horses? Like, like maybe you missed out on something because of the horses or you didn't do something Oh, hang on. Someone's trying to call me. That's okay. Oh, there you You're are. Back. You're back. Okay. I wondered what would happen if um, that happened. Anyway, um, 
The only regret that I have is like, because I was, I have done it professionally. Um, a lot of times, like when my son would get home from school, I would be busy teaching writing lessons to somebody else's kid and he didn't get the attention or like at the time when he was little, we were showing a lot. And so when he would ride, you know, I'd always be making sure he was doing everything right. Like, you know, cause he was riding a show horse. And, and so I think for some of those reasons, riding wasn't fun for him because, um, I made it so disciplined. And then I think he also viewed it as something that took his mom's attention away from him. And so I wish that at that time I would have been financially stable enough that I could have just decided I wasn't gonna teach less lessons when he got home from school and just spent time having fun with horses with him. That's my only real regret. Um, or, and I guess the other thing would be that like, I, some of the information that I have come to know now or just the wisdom that I have about horses because I've been doing this for a long time that I would have had that 20 years ago and maybe I wouldn't have messed up a few of the horses that I, I feel like I did mess up on or I could have done a better job on. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess those are kind of the couple regrets. I, I, I always think my, some of my biggest regrets is I didn't do more. I'm like, you know, like I didn't try harder. Like I have a horse going on 18 that <clears throat> really has the potential to do higher level dressage and I'm not getting, getting it done as fast as I think I should because, you know, weather gets in the way and life gets in the way. And now I'm like, now I'm running out of time. And that seems to happen when we get older, right? Time just goes by faster and faster. Oh, and, yes. <laughs> and, but, it, but it makes me want to do horses more. Cause I'm like, okay, I think I got maybe, maybe 20 good years left, right? Maybe if I take care of myself. So I'm going to try to cram in as much as I can and I know, but like physically too, I, we've talked about this, like I want to do flying lead changes at Liberty and stuff, but like physically, I just don't know now, like I wish I would have wanted to do that when I was 20 because it would have been a lot easier on my body physically to be like loping with my horse and some of those things like physically. I don't know about you, but I don't, I feel like I'm starting to feel where I don't ride as well either. Like just some of the things I can't physically do with my body as much. I hear you. I, and I feel like that's why I've, I've let your passion for Liberty kind of grow on me because I see the value in it. I'm like, okay, there's days now where maybe I don't feel like riding, but I can still go out and do something with my horse and feel like I've accomplished something. So 
you know, I do, and I have, I have some clients that are also in their sixties and seventies and they don't ride anymore. They went and bought themselves a mini and now they drive, <laughs> right? Like, and that goes back to what we started with. Like we've come full circle. It's about evolving, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I really want to acknowledge you and I that we've been open to evolve. I mean, we see it, Erin, we've been in this horse industry long enough. We still see the same people at the shows doing the same thing, right? And yep. stuck in their little box and their little circle. And it's all about the ribbons. And I think that's what's evolved for us is when we were apprentices at Almara a hundred years ago, we were like, oh, I want to show at Scottsdale. I want to be national champion, right? Like that's, that was our goals. And now we're like, I just want to be able to have enough energy to do flying lead changes at Liberty with my horse. Right. <laughs> well, and I, I mean, and I was really blessed that, you know, I got the opportunity to show at Scottsdale and I got the opportunity to show at nationals and I got to see too, like, what goes on and what goes into making those national champions. And, you know, I'm not saying all the time, but there are a lot of times when there are things that go into that, that I just simply don't want to do with my horses. So yeah. And that's okay. That's okay. I think people nowadays get so caught up in this right or wrong or good or bad or the we have to do it the Pirelli way or the John Lyons way or the Double Dan horsemanship way and people get kind of, you know, stuck in these things. And But when you're involving and growing with horses, you have to have lots of tools in your toolbox and be open to things, right? Every Every horse is different. So you, ha- you have to have different approaches for different horses and um, every day is different for the horse. So yeah, now we're getting off topic a little bit, but I think it's important. To say- <laughs> I think it's important to say that, you know, that's part of the evolving. I- oh yeah. So um, is there anything else you would like to share with my horse world connect listeners? Um about your life experience as a lifestyle horsewoman and lifelong horse enthusiast? Um, I would just say to never quit, never give up, keep learning new things, be open to, you know, trying different things. Just always keep searching for more information and, and, more things that you like to do and and you're never too old to be learning and improving your riding and one thing i want to throw out there like i have a i have a student she's 65 she got her first horse and started riding about five years ago and um she hadn't ridden prior and she's doing things that I never thought that she would do. Like she's gained a lot of strength, even at 
you know, the age from 60 to 65, she's gained a lot of strength. She's improved her seat and her balance to the point where last week she loped bareback for her first time. And so I think at 65, that's awesome. So don't stop. You're not too old to get better or just, you know, be better, learn more. And, and, and this is going to be on a podcast for the most part. So people can't see this, but um, for those listening, Erin's face just like lit up talking about her student because that's why we do horses, right? It's not just to see the progress with our own horses, but to see the progress your students are making, right? It's so rewarding and doesn't it just fill your soul? It does. And I don't know, in a different way now though of, you know, like I, I just, I don't know, before that wouldn't have been something that I would have gotten as excited about. Cause like this gal, she has no desire to show. She has like, she just loves to enjoy her horses and has enjoyed learning. So like, yeah, I don't, I don't think 10 years ago, I would be so excited that my 65 year old got to lope bareback but now because I don't know I just yeah that's that whole your perspective changing as you get older and that you know okay if I still keep working at it too then I can keep myself in good enough shape to do the things I want to do so maybe right now <laughs> I get winded when I have to lope around the arena and I'm not there on the flying lead changes at Liberty yet. But if I just keep working at it, it's going to be physically hard for me, harder for me at this age than it would have been at 25. But I think it's still achievable. Absolutely. But I think it's also, you know, why I do conscious hoofbeat and, and share, you know, self-care and, and mindfulness and the personal development practices because we have to take care of ourselves differently now than we did 20 years ago in order to keep doing horses and doing it, you know, the best we can. Like, you know, back in the day, you know, we'd stay out partying and get two hours of sleep and get up the next day and work all day in the heat of the desert and it didn't really phase us right and and I think we were still productive with our horses and in, in a sense and now it's like oh I need my eight hours oh I gotta drink enough water like all of that stuff plays a factor into our life with horses because if we don't take care of ourselves we can't show up for those horses and be our best well, and one thing that I really like to, so like with myself, I'm, I have always struggled with some anxiety and depression. And so I've done a lot of inner work over the last several years, but that inner work, I think 
I was more inspired to do that inner work so I could show up better for my horses. Like, I don't know if I would have done the inner work as much if it wouldn't have been because I wanted to be a better horse person. And now I really learned how to kind of relate that to students and other people and how much it really affects what you're doing and the results that you're getting with your horse. So, but yeah, I don't know if I would have done that work if it, you know, I had that horse, the horses were that motivation. They're my motivation to exercise. They're my motivation for my inner work. They're my motivation to just keep trying to be better as a person, not just a horse person, but as a person. That's really beautiful, Erin. I think that is a perfect place to stop because I can't top that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Hey, Dr. Pamela here again. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy horse life to listen. If you enjoyed this podcast, then I invite you to enter the Conscious Hoofbeat arena of mind, body, and spirit. Let's mount up and head on down the path of embodiment, self-awareness, inner health, and the health of our horses. If you want a more meaningful relationship with your horse and desire more depth in your life with horses, it starts within yourself. So I encourage you to check out our Patreon membership options at patreon.com slash conscious hoofbeat. As a patron of Conscious Hoofbeat, you will have access to unpublished deep dive episodes, woo-woo horse care tips, connection calls, along with behind-the-scenes content from the Riding After 40 project. I thank you again for listening and look forward to connecting with you as we embrace our inner horse crazy journey together. Until next time, I challenge you to stand in your crazy truth and more importantly, enjoy your horse.